Welcome to episode 51 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And we are sweating our balls off here. In the middle of a storm. I, I, I was telling this to Cameron. I feel like we're in fucking Florida right now because it's hotter than hell. It is pouring rain out of nowhere and there's thunder and lightning going on around us. But that's not going to stop us, no. Chris. <laughs> it's, it's We're never... here to bring you the latest and greatest Batman and Superman information from 1996. Oh, my God. Plus, some relatively new news. Sometimes. Yeah, on like occasion. Now. Like right now. <laughs> yeah, it kind of a, a, a news story in multi-parts, something we didn't get to last week because we had so much to talk about with all the, uh, the DCEU announcements. But DC properties are not exclusive to film, are they? They also do television sometimes. And sometimes, Obviously, sometimes we're, random streaming services. So we're here to talking about. Oh, yeah, wait, that's where... Yeah, so this... So oh, we're, we're, we're going right. to talk... We're t- uh, we got some news on the new Teen Titans live-action series, which is coming on the DC... Streaming service, yeah, the as yet unnamed, unreleased, un right identified another you know another streaming service. I obviously, if you if you want to hear my thoughts and opinions on streaming services, it was like three episodes, two episodes ago. ago. Yeah, we talked two or three about episodes it. ago. We, yeah, we talked I'm, about all. I'm this. literally gonna go grab a towel because I'm so sweaty. Okay, just so uh, go, ahead, go ahead and I'll, talk I'll, in I'll my absence. The, the audience. Yeah. Um, so the Teen Titans TV series uh, is coming out, and we've gotten a few casting oh. announcements over the past few weeks that we have missed because we're bad reporters and researchers. Uh, but we have, let me see if I actually wrote down the names. Probably not, because Chris is always here with the names. I did not. <laughs> we have uh, casting confirmed for Raven, Starfire, and most recently, uh, Dick Grayson has been confirmed. Uh, him being kind of the only known actor of the three. Raven's a, a newcomer. She's okay, been I'm in back. a few properties. Uh, I don't remember her Tegan name. Tegan Croft. Thank you. I know. I wrote these things down. Thank you. That's why, that's why I have you here. I know. Um, why do I have you here? <laughs> to be excited. Oh, my God. Bring yeah. that youthful energy. That, that's true. I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I get that young demographic. You do, yeah. You bring in all those youngins. You bring yep. in all those millennials. All those millennials and my mom. <laughs> um, and then Starfire, whose name is also here for Chris. <laughs> Anna Diop? Diop? Sure. Yeah. Uh, she's been in a few things. Nothing that I've seen. Uh, yes, she was in 24 Legacy. Right, that's the big one. Um, Greenleaf, Quantico, The Messenger. Wait, she was in Quantico? Uh, like I actually an- watched that bad show. Like two episodes. Okay. Um, a few episodes. Everybody oh, hates okay. Chris. I remember who she is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really recognize her. Yeah. Uh, but what we really care about, because we need we need to do that sweet sweet butt research, is uh, oh, yes. we have Brenton Thwaites. Know, Thwaites, thank you. I was Brenton Thwaites. Struggle on for that for the rest of the episode. Uh, who's who's kind of I mean obviously not a big name, but he's been in big ish properties. Yeah, I I mean unsuccessful big ish properties. Yeah, you were just giving the list of them. Uh, so I mean you you rag on me all the time for my limited book reading. Uh, library, but I have read one of the properties that he was in a film. He he was in The Giver. That is a great playing book. Jonas, the main character, and I read that book. I love that book. Fantastic. Alongside it was him alongside Jeff Bridges. Yes, uh, and it was not good. That's what I've heard. I don't want to say that it was all his fault. It does fall a little bit on Taylor Swift, who is in that book or is in that movie. Taylor Swift's in that movie. She is. Aww, she plays the God. the previous Giver, um, uh, who who um, uh, Jeff Bridges tried to 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 give. I guess. God damn it. <laughs> receiver. She played the previous receiver. Oh, okay. Um, uh, which did not do great. He was in Gods of Egypt. Gods of Egypt, which, which I did, did not I see. But neither did I. It was terrible. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Something so standards bad. Sometimes. Even you wouldn't go see sometimes it. Sometimes I have standards. So I was telling a friend recently about you, and I said that the great thing is it's nice to have a friend who has consistently bad taste in movies. Yeah. Because the most important thing is to be consistent, not necessarily to, like, be... Right. There, there was Accurate? a. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Wishy washy. Sure. There was a. There was a great uh, article that I read a few months ago. I think I might have sent it to you, talking about um, how, talking about the one reviewer who gives all of the hundred percent movies it, the negative review. Uh, Armand White. Yes, I think is his name. Um, and he's the, like the one guy who gave Toy Story three like a rotten review. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's if, if you see a movie at ninety nine percent, he's usually the one. The that guy who's caused one percent. Yeah. He probably loved Gods of Egypt, didn't he? Uh, I don't remember, but the <laughs> article is joking with him of like if he, if he gives it a po- like if he gives something a positive review, 
then like you know exactly what you're expecting for that movie because okay. that's kind of the reviewer that he is. Yeah, like, you know his voice because of his. Yeah, exactly. He's he's very consistent. Yeah. So so because you you had texted me about uh, about the Nightwing casting and then uh, a friend Jonathan on the show, friend of the podcast, he sent to me on Facebook and my response to him was, uh, "We must see butt photos before we can approve of casting." Yes. And we are. I was about to. I was about to say. I was, I was about to say we are diligent. It. I am diligent about this. I went and tracked it down. Uh, apparently, he shows his butt in. Oh fuck! What was the name of the movie? Um, it's only been in like four. It's like an Australian movie. The Gun Runner. Son of a gun. gun. Son of a gun. Cool. So I looked him up. Let's get the butt for it. All right. So that's all we care about. That's all we, that's all we care about. Writing, not important. Nope. I don't care Only how his performance is. It's just all going to be butt shots. I think he'll do mm-hmm. a fine job with that. Yeah. Good oh, luck, but, but his, his most recent film, which I do want to give him some credit because he was okay. Uh, he played, kind of, not really a spoiler, he played um, Orlando Bloom's son in Pirates 5. Pir- Pirates 5, yeah. Dead yeah. Man, Dead Man Tell No Tales. Yes. Which was fine. It was fine. For what it is. It he, was, he was fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Some bad projects, some okay projects. Maybe this will be a good project. Who knows? I mean... We can always hope. I, I feel like one of us is going to end up having to get it for Young Justice Season 3. Yeah. So... It'll probably be me. It'll probably be you. And then you can, you can tell me if it's good. You can share your login. And we'll, we'll, we'll sit down and we'll watch it and see if it's any good. Yeah. We, we always want these things to be good. Right. We, we don't they, say all these negative things because we expect them to be bad. No. There's just, always the hope that they'll be good. They'll probably be bad. We want to be proven wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it'd be a hard show to do. Like, that's. I feel like it's not going to have much of a budget, especially being on a streaming service. So I feel like we... Mm-hmm. But it's also going to be, you know, one of their two highlight shows on a streaming service. So maybe they're going to funnel all of their budget into them. Yeah, but even then, like, it's going to be a very... That's an expensive show mm-hmm. to do. It's a very expensive show to do because the yeah. effects. So I don't know. We shall see. But well, we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, do, do you want to give any other news about the show? It's written by the the same writer. Oh, it's, writer uh, it's of... Berlanti. So it's great Berlanti, mm-hmm. Jeff Johns. Oh, but it's also Akiva Goldsman. Which is, yeah, is, is she is the girl boring. that's doing Star Trek? No, he. Oh, he. Sorry. He. Uh, is it Eva? He. Uh, no, Akiva. He, he oh, did Akiva. Batman and Robin. And he did The Dark Tower. <laughs> Sweet. He also won an Oscar for A Beautiful Mind. But okay. it has been a, a serious drop-off since then okay so i uh, mean i don't know i mean berlanti generally does pretty good stuff mm-hmm. jeff um, johns he's good in comic form yeah it's good in comic form we'll, he knows the characters that's yeah, important so we'll see what he can do uh with this but you know i think i think it'll be fine i'm excited to see it yeah so we'll we'll probably learn about the rest of the team because i don't know who else is going to be on this Teen Titans beast team. boy oh, i hope so it won't be cyborg at this point cause no because he, he's he's graduated he's on the big elsewhere. boy team yeah um Yes, I guess Beast Boy, and then maybe that's just the four. I'm not sure. If, I forget who else. I'm, I'm sure they're gonna have a fifth, probably. Tara. Oh, I wish they'll probably do a Tara. They'll probably like season two. I bet they'll do. We'll that. do a, a Judas Contract yeah. arc. Probably <laughs> it'll just be the exact same. The exact same as, as the, the, the animated, the, the animated series, and as the animated movie. Yeah. Although so season one will be Slade. It probably again. won't include Deathstroke because I, I could totally see them just be like, no, we're gonna hold on to him for like a film project instead. Yeah. Um. No, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, who knows? Not us. No, nope. we don't know anything. But we do know a little bit about Lobo, because I did some research on today. <gasps> Lobo! Because that's who we're talking oh, about. These are so good. Oh, what it, so, so these are interesting episodes in the fact that it's 95% fight scene. Yeah. In both episodes. There was such little dialogue that wasn't just them insulting each other. I know. It kind of fascinated me. What, what I thought was interesting was that both these were written by Paul Dini, right? So he, mm-hmm. he was the writer or one of the writers in the pilot. And obviously he's one of the best writers come off of, of Batman. And we've always talked about the fact that he does character really well. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're starting to see a bit of a trend, though, in some of his TV episodes that the characters have done well. Maybe the, sometimes the plots yeah. aren't Yeah, because I think best. this was a good... I like this... Lobo, I do too. We we get his entire character in the f- basically his first like three lines. Yeah, he's you know he's a hard he's a hard headed bounty hunter who loves to fight, and that's kind yeah. of it. And he, he blew he, up his planet with a science experiment. Yes, exactly. He he just wants to brawl. He's a Which bounty hunter. I was very surprised. Is actually his comic story. Did that you, was amazing. But did you see how? Oh yes. Okay. You. Oh. 
we we will go into that at the end. But I have so much to say about his origin story. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Oh my god, it was beautiful. I mean, what, what I also find interesting is this one too. The the these episodes, especially, wear their Star Wars influence mm-hmm. completely on their sleeve. Like, I mean, they we first meet Lobo in a bar called the Seeming Load, where he is like after a bounty, and he gets like, in a run with a whole bunch of the bounty hunters, pulled straight from like the cantina. The scene looks like the cantina from Star Wars, and the aliens do. Like, yeah. the one kind those of those aliens. I there's something about them that I love and also disturb me so well, much. Well, like the, the, the kind of rat-like guys that mm-hmm. they're, they have like a second face over one of their eyeballs and that's the mouth that yeah. talks. Yeah, so they have a normal face with normal two eyes and then where their like left eyebrow would be is a second face yeah. and they use the eye, like the blink as their mouth. And I, I, I couldn't, and that's also the main talking mouth. Yeah. And I couldn't, like, there was just something so kind of like cringy about it I was also there was there was a lot of kind of live action references that I got. I don't know timeline wise, timeline wise, which came first or what was influenced by what. But this reminded me a lot of um, Johnny Knoxville's character in Men in Black Two. That would have been kind of that would have been much later. This. Yeah, uh, that would have been ninety nine. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like there's the same kind of two headed thing. Oh, that's right. He did have another monstrosity. Head. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. A second Johnny Knoxville. A second, oh my God. So much Johnny Knoxville. So much Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, but it, the designs are pretty fun, though. Mm-hmm. They actually... So I, I only know this because I... Um, when I first moved to L.A., I loved the Justice League series so much that I would draw all the background characters. Okay. Uh, a lot of the characters from this cantina reappear in Justice League. Yeah, they look familiar. And also... Uh, when we get to the preserver, not the collector, the preservers. Yes, I mean he's yeah. Um, spaceship. A lot of those characters also come back as just various background characters in Justice League. Okay, so that was kind of awesome. It is, it's yeah. Kind of, I mean, you know, a tied. It's definitely not laziness. It's a tied-in universe. Sure, yeah. It's not like <laughs> they just reuse the animation because it's cheap. No, it, it, I mean it's still like different character animation. It's just the same. Oh, okay. It's not like the old character. Disney films, like they would just reanimate. Oh the dancing. no! Oh, I would rip them to pieces if they did that here. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like the designs. Um, we yeah, we meet the the preserver, aka he's the collector. Yeah, he's he's just the same basic. I mean, concept. he's he's like the collector meets Brainiac. He he sure. wants to make he wants to preserve the last of every species yeah and so he sends lobo off to go get superman mm-hmm. get the last krypton kryptonian um i did love that uh, in one of the chambers there's starro the conqueror did you catch that yes yeah you see the corner of starro yeah because he he was the um the first alien or the first villain that justly went up against in brave and the bold number 28 from 1960 oh i didn't know that That's i know cool. i look up these little details uh on the on the note of the details the voice of Lobo. Yes. I was I was honestly a little heartbroken when I found out that I was wrong and it wasn't John DiMaggio doing nope. the voice. I think it's close. It sounds a lot like it like a John DiMaggio in character. Justice League action is John DiMaggio. Oh cool. So you've never watched, watched that yet? Nope. I feel like I should I've heard I haven't heard bad things about it. That's the one that's like much younger. It's skewed younger and it's like I think the, the episode is usually like two sm- like shorter segments. Okay, yeah. So it, it's old cartoon network. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, two 15-minute segments. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But I've heard generally positive things about it. Yeah. So I should go check that out at some point. Uh, so Lobo in this series is voiced by Brad Garrett. Mm-hmm. Who also plays uh, Bibbo, the, uh, he's not like the bartender. He's a bartender in some versions, but he's like the, the sailor guy on the docks. Oh, okay. I, I, like I saw the name. Yeah, yeah Lois', Lois is his informant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brad Garrett's other characters, because uh, this is very important to me. Of course. Um, the one that resonated most with me is he was Big Dog in Two Stupid Dogs. Of course he was. It was the first band show in my household. What? My mom hated that show. Why would what, why'd she hate it? Because it had the word stupid in the title. So, what? The show came out in 93. I was like two years old watching this show. That's like my first word is stupid because I loved the cartoon so much. Oh, okay. So it wasn't yeah. the fact that the word stupid was in there is that you were a little shit and we're calling everything stupid. Yeah. Okay. It's totally siding with your mom on this one. Nope. <laughs> uh, he was, yeah, he was Big Dog. He was uh, Mikey from, from Kim Possible. Really just one episode, but it was a good episode, so I'm going to bring it up. Mike? Oh, what did I ask? Why? <laughs> Why? Thank you for asking, Chris. <laughs> it was, uh, if you remember, it's the episode nope. where she gets <laughs> um, a nanite bomb stuck to her skin and it looks like a tick. 
so the episode's called Tick, Tick, Tick. So she has, like, a bomb attached to the back of her neck that no one knows when it's going to go off. Mm -hmm. So she also has detention, and so she can't get out of detention because Mr. Barton won't let her. And Mikey is another one of the, uh, like, the big guy in detention who's supposed to be really threatening, but he's, like, you know, like, the big softy. Wait, is is it... The episode title, is it, like... Tick, tick, tick. Is it all T-I-C, or is it all, like, T-I-C-K? So it's, like, three, three, tick, tick, tick. Mm -hmm. That's actually pretty damn clever. Yeah. It's a good episode. Uh, he's also uh, Gusto or Gust. I don't remember how to pronounce his name. From he's the the short chef from uh, uh, Ratatouille. Wait, the the villain? I think so. No, wait. No, he's uh, the blonde haired one. Uh, wait, I, I thought I so thought he, the lady I thought chef. He, I thought he was the 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 head chef who dies. Who and is that Gusto? I don't remember. Is that I, it's been a while since I've seen Ratatouille. Wait, yeah, Gusto is. I thought he was the main chef. Okay, the yeah, the ghost chef. Yes. Yeah. God, look these. Okay, I'm sorry, Ratatouille is not one that I watch regularly. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time either, but I still remember these things. Uh, but his his probably most famous role is being the older brother from Everyone Knows Raymond. Yeah, he he is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let me get this straight. Yeah, Gusto is yes, the main chef. I'm sorry. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Lobo comes to Earth to collect Superman, and we start kind of the the eighteen minute fight scene. Yeah, I did love there was a there was a great moment in the Daily Planet where Lois is like oh getting my after God, Clark. I love like, this. How do you keep getting all these bylines? You know, you this random boy from Smallville who shows up and he just tells the truth. Like, oh well, I'm actually Superman in disguise, and I only work at a newspaper place so I can figure out where crises are happening and go and save people and then swoop the byline from you. And she's like, ha ha, Kent, real funny, and walks off. Like, yeah. Oh, man. That's- I like that the little twist at the end where it's like, it's all, it's like still all around her. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this to save the day, but really I'm doing this. Like, really I'm using these powers so I can make a good headline exactly, so that I can, I can write about. So I can steal it from you. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so then Lobo shows up, and he realizes that if he makes trouble, Superman will come out and play. Mm-hmm. So he makes trouble. They come out and fight. Um, he gets, like, weirdly hurt at one point, because, like, Lois goes to kind of save him. Oh, no, it's, Lobo fires a missile. Superman, like, diverts it away from people in a train mm-hmm. so that it won't kill anyone. And then he gets, like, really shaken up by it. Like, he's out, like, just kind of crawling around for a good couple of minutes. Because then Lois goes up to try and save him, and then Lobo's like, oh, hello. Yeah, I mean, that, that's typical in, in this universe where Superman does, like, missiles hurt Superman. That, that's a very common That's true, yeah. I mean, it thing. is a TV show. they got to find ways to weaken him yeah. here and there. Uh, but there is, oh, there is another great moment, though, is as they're battling across the city, uh, they burst through Lex's office, <laughs> and they go off and fight elsewhere, and then Superman finally gets the upper hand and, like, hits him really hard as the Lobo goes flying, and we cut back to Lex's office. And he's there with Mercy and construction worker. He's like, okay, I want this repair done. I want it done ASAP. And as he's talking, just Lobo goes flying through the opposite direction, punching two more holes in the building. Yeah. I also love, uh, Lobo, during this fight, Lobo explains what his name means. That it's like, an, like a bad acronym. Oh, Not yeah. even an acronym. It's, uh, he's like, I'm Lobo. That stands for, uh, the L stands for lacerate. The O stands for obliterate. The B stands for disembowel. And the second O... I guess it also stands for also stands for for obliterate. Yeah. Did you did you look up what his uh, in the comics what his name translates to? I did. Do you, oh. you want to share that information? No, go ahead. You you actually did some research this time. I did time. do some research. Uh, his his name means the one who devours your entrails and thoroughly enjoys it. Yes. Man, I could have like taken a nap this afternoon instead of gone and done this research. I I read the first paragraph of the Wikipedia article. I did my work. <laughs> so when I, when I, I always just, yeah, I basically just look at Wikipedia. Like, some things I know from things I've read. I really haven't read anything with Lobo. Whenever I'm reading a character's, like, Wikipedia, though, I'm always interested in the, like, the early stuff, like the Golden Age, and, like the Silver Era, and then, like, kind of into the point where I more or less stopped reading comics in, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. And then with DC, as soon as it starts getting into, like, like, 52, and then the Flashpoint reboot, and then the new 52, and then what's the new one called? Reborn? Yeah. At this point, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I can't, and, like, I'll, like, kind of glimpse, like, I'll glance through some of the descriptions, and we're always joking about how ridiculous a lot of the plot threads are from, like, the, the 50s and 60s, like, those, those older eras. To be fair, a lot of the modern stuff is so fucking convoluted and ridiculous, and they're all, like, weird tangents off of, like, 
weirder origins in the past. Like origins from the like the forties and fifties were always pretty off. Yeah. But then these new ones are always like weirder somehow, weirder, more complicated versions. Like, can't you just can't you just streamline them? Make it less confusing? Nope. So I just I stop reading at a certain point. I'm like, oh, this is too much. Yeah, that's fine. Um I'm lazy. I'm so lazy. So so they continue their fight through the city. Like this is only the entire episode. If you yeah, haven't gotten there's the like idea. nothing here. Um, they go to the 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 harbor, not the harbor. Yeah, what's the word I'm thinking of. That, that's the, our, the docks. The docks. Yeah, that's the word. They go to Hurricane Harbor. Yeah, I mean they, <laughs> they go to the water park, uh, and Lobo is just like, eh, I'll come fight you later. Yeah, really. And he bizarre. just flies off into space. Yeah, uh, we did. We did at the very beginning of the episode. We see that Superman has his. Oh, his right. rocket ship has been... The people of Star Labs have been working on it. Yeah. And they're, like, wildly impressed by something that's not... Like, they, it makes it look fast. But when you see it kind of fly up, it breaks Mach 1. Yeah. Now, and they're, like, it's off the scale. We've never seen something go this fast. I know, yeah. It, it just... Yeah. It really? just goes Mach 1. I mean, I guess it hits it pretty... It breaks sound barrier fairly quick. Yeah. But to be fair, so can, like, modern... Yeah, this was shit. Ninety six. Yeah, like it's not a it's not a new thing no, to break yeah, the we're, sound we're, barrier. We're, we're past the um, SR seventy one, and we're past the what was the um, this, is your, this is your territory. Don't the, look for the, me. Uh, the the passenger plane that could break the the con. Oh shit. Con air. Yeah, the con air. If you throw the if you throw that movie fast <laughs> enough. <laughs> what um, shit. What the fuck is that called? Um, what's the supersonic passenger plane? The Constantinople. The Concorde. How, oh, yeah. how the fuck did I forget that? I wasn't going to get there. Uh, so embarrassing. Um, so Lobo goes into space. Superman gets back into his spaceship that they were working on at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And he goes into space to chase him, uh, which apparently they've also rigged with a laser. Yeah, like just a big generic laser beam up in the front of it. Yeah. Uh, so him and Lobo have kind of this weird dogfight in space. Superman gets out of the plane because he wants to finish it with his fists, as he does. As he does. Uh, and as he's going in for, the, for a punch, he gets zapped by the not collector, the preserver. preserver. <laughs> uh, and he is kind of trapped in this cell that replicates uh, Krypton. Yeah, so it's the red sun. Yeah, even to the point that, yeah, the preserver kind of, I don't really understand it. I don't care to understand it. He has like a, a red sun light bulb in the yeah. room that emits red sun radiation so superman loses all of his powers that he normally gets from the yellow sun oh no what is he gonna do i also like that he's in like the nice kryptonian guard yeah like he's that, in like that the original really nice. yeah the original it looks good on him yeah it's a cool i actually like that look mm-hmm. the, uh, the the black and red kryptonian suit yeah looks really good um but then of course we the big twist the big twist we discover that lobo is also the last of his species as we talked about because he killed them all yes um what's the planet he's from again uh so, so, um hold on, wrote it down it's in here. Zarnians. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah he's a Zarnian. He is silent. Yes. Yeah, so he's the last Zarnian, and so the preserver knocks him out and throws him into a cage. And now they're much trapped. nicer cell. Yeah. And yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna do quick Zarian history? Oh, I was gonna take it all to the end. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll save it. Yeah. We'll save those juicy facts. Yeah, because uh, after our break, we we do have our usual sponsor, as always. Who's our sponsor this week, Chris? It's Novice and Frank. <gasps> we know those guys. I know. Good old Amanda and Frank, our dear dear friends. Yes. Who, uh, I need to get back to them about doing the the Batman and Harley episode. Yeah, because now it's out. Now Everyone it's should out. go get it. It's not a sponsor, but it should be. Yeah. So we need. To, We're gonna act like it's a sponsor. We need to retweet. Thanks, with- DC, for having for letting us sponsor you for this week. <laughs> They're so they're so grateful for us. They're you know it's it's a real it's a, we, we have a close relationship with those people. We absolutely and it's, do. It's it's nice that they trust us enough it's, it's to real, be to be the sole yeah. sponsor. We're we're so close that whenever they have a real big announcement, they let us find out on the internet at the same time as someone else. Yeah, it's so and generous. then share it it's like share. a week after because <laughs> yeah. our podcast is not daily. No. So thank you, DC. Yes, thank for you for all DC. of your help and, with and, just making this podcast. And of course, thank you, uh, Amanda and Frank. Yeah, thank for you, being so and Frank. awesome. So here is the promo for them. Hi, Frank. Hi, Amanda. What are you doing? Just making this promo for our podcast. You mean the Novice and Frank present a comic book podcast? Exactly. Wait, what's it about? So glad you asked. It's where a comic book novice and a comic book expert discuss comics and media with special guests. A novice and an expert? Which one am I? Uh, You're the expert, Frank. I knew that. Sure. 
Check out new episodes every Wednesday on the Nerdist School Network and subscribe on Podbean and iTunes. And tell us what we should read next at thenoviceandfrank at gmail.com. See, you are an expert. Ooh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, part two. Yes, on, on to part two. Uh, we come back to the... I don't know, we start out on, like, some random planet, and the Superman the animated series quote of Jabba the Hutt, I don't remember his name, is talking to the bounty uh, Emperor Spuge. Oh, Spuge. I love that word. Did you uh, look up who he's voiced by? No, what is he... He also reminds me of a character that I can't put my finger on. Is it Pizza the Hutt from no. Spaceballs? No, it's another... Like I think it's I think it's Justice League's Kinjaro. It has a similar body type. They're kind of just like a blobby. Which one's Kinjaro? How dare you? He... Yeah, Green Lantern villain. Um, do, do, I think do. that's. I think it's in that live that research. Arc, so, oh, at least. Um, Am I right? Is that is that who I'm thinking of? Oh well, the the I mean, Kinjaro like he has this kind of rat face look that kind of reminds me a little bit of the the rats, but not okay. That's not who I'm thinking of. It. It's it's whoever is working with Kinjaro in that episode. Emperor Spew, right? Yeah, that's it in this in this episode. But in that in that two episode arc, that's also where all of the aliens come back. The, the, the ones that I was talking about in part one, they're the ones that come back because they're all in the background of the, of the trial that's oh, going on. God damn. I tried to look up Emperor Spuge. I tried to find Emperor Spuge, and I couldn't find it either. Is it Spuge? S-P-U-G-E? That's what I assume. Yeah, I assume Okay, so I tried Emperor Spew, and it just came back with Emperor's New Superman. Sure. Yeah. But anyways, um, he's voiced by Richard Mole, a.k.a. Two-Face. Oh, cool. I would not have uh, guessed that. Based off the voice, but when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. okay, here we go. Oh, he does. Who am I thinking of? He does. It's not Kinjaro. It's whoever Kinjaro is working with, because he has like the, like some some kind of like light scepter. I want to say I could be I could be mixing up memories between that and First Flight. You could be. I'm looking up. Yeah, because those guys have more of like a pointy head. Um, and they can go he, invisible for oh, some he, reason. Oh, he's in. The, oh, he's in the in Blackest Night episode. Yes. Of of Justice League. Of Justice League. Yes. Um, oh, there's not photos on here. No. Um, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's the Manhunters. No. Mm. It'd be in part one. Whatever. It's fine. I we don't need to yeah. worry about it. Right he did look vaguely familiar, but I couldn't remember who he was either. We'll bring it back up in a year and a half. Exactly. We'll eventually come back around to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is basically just the, their version of Job of the Hutt. He's like reminding the bounty hunters, okay, now I want Lobo too, because he's betrayed my trust, because he failed to bring in whatever the little rat guy's name is, the, the bounty. Yeah. So, so th- this kind of confused me. So did they all just kind of run away from Jabba? Because they all seem to know him already. And we know that. The rat face that Lobo has is Little the younger face. brother of yeah, Big Rat Face. Yeah, who's with Jabba already. And then at the end of the episode, they're all kind of just like chummy with Jabba. Do they? But I mean, they work for him. Like they, he sends them off. Yeah, but what was the whole point of getting the little brother then? I don't know. I is he just like like an employee that ran away that like missed a shift? I guess I, I don't know. I have to admit, I actually. I was paying less attention this time than Norm. I kind of had these on in the background as I was doing other things. This was the only storyline we had, Chris. <laughs> there was no story. <laughs> I know. And I, After I, the scene, it's 17 minutes of fighting. This is this picture. I, I have very little <laughs> notes. Um, well, it gives us lots of time to talk about uh, Lobo's comic book <clears throat> statuses. Yeah. Things. That's fine. Words. So we... I'm too hot to think. Um... So, so we, uh, we they, they are back in their, their cells on the preserver ship. Yes. Uh, Superman has gotten his suit back, which is too bad. I like the Kryptonian look. Uh, I then, love Lobo's cell. Yeah, Lobo, Lobo. It's basically in like a college, like a freshman dorm room. Yeah, you, you kind of get the feeling that this is what like Marty McFly's dorm room probably looks like. Yeah. Did you see the the kids poster I did in see the, the background? Kids, yeah, not quite. Yeah, Love not kids, but kids. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got like like brick wall. I mean, it's um, it kind of reminds me of uh, like Wayne's World a little bit. Yeah, too. That's sort of just like. I mean, he is he is the embodiment of the '80s. He is, which I love so much. Yeah. Did you catch the the one word that really threw me off from the robots? No. Where I did like massive research to try what, and figure what, out no, who that what? voice was. Uh, when Superman breaks through his containment cell 
one of the robots goes, Jinkies, what is going on? And I'm like, did they just say Jinkies? Did they? They did. Oh. And it has not, like, I was thinking that maybe, like, this woman also maybe voiced Velma in some series. That's just the word they... She did not. Oh, that's That's just the one that they chose to use. Oh, okay. Because I guess it's kind of 80s, because there were three uh, Scooby-Doo series in the 80s. I think they were also trying... Both these episodes are clearly trying to, like, use different language. Like, they're trying to make it seem like they're aliens, but they're not. And they're trying not to... Jinkies is definitely not... They're they're trying to swear without swearing. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, he's got, like, two two robot babes, basically, that uh, are just... You know, very Austin Powersy. Very Austin Powers, yeah. Just um, like feeding him and giving him beer and stuff like that. But as soon as he tries to escape, they have like knockout gas mm-hmm. hoses that they spray him with and they take him out. So, yeah. which, which we see that is very like that's his biggest, not his biggest, but that's like a weakness of his is yeah. gases. Well, um, the smoke bomb on Earth didn't work, but whatever the preserver has, and that kind of makes sense. The preserver would have something that could actually yeah. take someone real down. alien stuff. Yeah, but I love it because Superman gets out of his cell because there's like a, a big space rhino across the hall from him. Love and it. so he like oh, shines a little it. rock in the rhino's eyes until he breaks through the cell. And basically once he gets out of the direct contact with the red sun, he starts to get a little bit of his powers back. Mm. He gets a little bit of strength. Um, yeah, it's, it's not yellow sun level, but he has enough kind of like resonating yeah. energy so he, from he the yellow like sun. He can like fly. He's like, he, got, he, he, he flies a little bit. Yeah, he's got strength, but he's not invulnerable yeah i mean he doesn't get he gets hurt by things that he wouldn't normally he gets like shot by a laser and it kind of hurts him yeah um so they he's gonna leave lobo behind and lobo's like hey um help a brother out if you come and save me or no basically superman's like okay i will save you because lobo threatens like if you leave me here i'll track down i'll blow up earth yeah i'll destroy earth and so superman's okay if i let you go you're gonna leave earth behind and lobo's like, okay no like i am i am a man of my word mm-hmm. which is like looking up his stuff on the comics it's he, kind he has of a very true. strict honor code yeah like it's he, kind of a twisted code but it's like he will like stick to the letter of the contract the arrangement whatever but not always the spirit of it yeah so and that's that's kind of how he operates it's kind of the, the, the genie aspect yeah, he, it's a very literal sense of honor. Yeah, very little interpretation of things. Mm-hmm. So uh, Superman does decide to break him out, and as they're trying to escape, they get uh, dropped into a giant sand pit with a yeah, like a sandworm basically, just like in um, what, episode Dune? six. Oh, I was say Dune and Beetlejuice. What episode six? I was thinking the Sarlacc pit. Oh, that was yeah. my closest comparison. I mean, yeah, you actually see the snake. Yeah, so I it's mean, more- it's more like the the trash monster from episode four. It's nothing like the trash monster. It's exactly like the trash monster no. for. No. Exactly the, the, like no. that. Like, what, what are you talking about? No, like my references were spot on Dune yep. and Beetlejuice. Yep. <laughs> Sticking with those. You you made the Star Wars comparison for part one. I'm gonna continue it through for part two. Yeah, but that time it was like right on. It was just perfectly spot on it. It's it's a Sarlacc esque pit, Chris. But it's it's a pit with a snake. <laughs> I mean the original version of Sarlacc didn't have tentacles, so it was more just like a big beak. Uh, well, under, I only under, watched the remastered version. <laughs> you can you can just fuck right off. You you have seen the original. Yes, cuts. Yes, I have seen the original cuts. I have them. Oh, that's cool. Like it, there was a a DVD release that had the original cuts on them that it's really hard to find now. Mm-hmm. So, for anyone who wants to try and steal anything from me, that's probably the most valuable thing you can steal that I have. <laughs> it's the original cuts of Star Wars. Uh, so in this snake fight, um. It was kind of a gruesome ending to the fight. I was not... Ex- so, uh, Superman saves Lobo. The snake captures Superman. Lobo just kind of sits and laughs. Superman asks for help. And what I thought was going to happen was kind of the grab the snake tail, do like the Bowser spin. Sure. And he was going like, to throw him against the wall or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Here no. we go! Yeah. Uh, also, I didn't realize that that had come out. That would have come out a few months after this episode, so it wouldn't have worked. Oh, shit. Super Mario 64 right. came out in 1996, yeah. Uh, when in 96? I couldn't tell you. Okay, because this was November of 96. Okay. But I think it came right around Christmas. Oh, I so thought, it could have been around the same time. I think that was a launch title for that console, right? Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. God, that was a great console. Such a good console. I know. Um, Goldeneye. So instead of, like, grabbing the tail, he skins it. Yeah. And it, like, it looks gruesome. It looks really gruesome. So then it, like, yeah, it just it dives back in the sand to, to run away because it's all, all fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I, we could presume that maybe like a snake, it it can shed its skin. Right, it still was like screaming. It was clearly in pain. Like it, mm-hmm. it got. What's 
I guess I was gonna say, what's the word for skinning something? I'm like, oh right, skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. It seems like there should be a fancier word like defenestration, but nope. that's that's not that. So, um, so yeah, Superman can like still kind of fly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he flies them out of the uh, the the tank there, and then the the bounty hunters show up because I guess mm-hmm. uh, they they like come and find. They trail Lobo's bike to the preserver ship, and I think the preserver was like, oh, you yeah, might he was gonna help me some- with this because I have to reclaim these two idiots mm-hmm. that's what happened right i wasn't really paying attention yeah pretty much okay, the good. preserver was gonna go in and fight by like fight himself yeah but then when he saw the bounty hunters coming he's like eh, they can handle get it. someone else to do it yeah yeah so superman and lobo get like trapped inside one of the enclosures and getting shot at and then uh superman realizes he has a way out and so he, i fucking i love did not this. see this coming i love it oh man he's like, like he's like a, like a bird a off in the distance. to paul dini so this was so good he sends lobo off it's like okay so go 90s. go get the ship ready i i got this and so he he runs in i know it's oh he runs towards an enclosure and yeah he, gets he, he breaks open the door and the bounty hunters think that there's like an evil like crazy creature inside so they throw superman in yeah. so he can be attacked by the the monstrous bird yes which and turns out to be this is all you oh okay it's me i was offering it to you oh uh, no i, I okay it's a dodo it's a fucking dodo bird it's a dodo yeah the last dodo in existence <laughs> and he's like oh it's a dodo from earth and he looks up and they have yellow sun radiation mm-hmm. so superman's back superman has all his powers back yeah so he beats up the bounty hunters no problem uh and while this is happening lobo is in the, the hangar the hangar getting his getting his motorcycle ready and, and superman's pod ready but the preserver comes and this is kind of cool. I always like when, when villains have, like, a second level. Yeah. I don't it, know how you feel about it. Yeah, like, his first it, level was already pretty OP. It was just kind of this really overpowered. This oh, kind of okay. telekinesis. Like, oh, he did have telekinesis, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I, I found that whole thing kind of weird. I'm kind of, I, I generally agree with you. I like it when that happens. Um, but it did seem odd that he went from being this, like, very peaceful, like, oh, I'm not going to get involved sort of thing to this, like, huge, daunting monster in, like, yeah. a second. I mean, it was, it was kind of the trade-off. much bigger than his, like... Small. Yeah, it was, like, going from a mage to a, to a uh, uh, paladin. Sure. To a warrior. Let's pretend I know he what He goes that from, means. like, a magical, kind of peaceful, transcendent being to this hulking barbarian of a monster. Okay. Which is cool. Uh, it's kind of very, like, plasmius looking from Teen Titans. That's it's, what he reminded me of. Yeah, okay. it took me a while to, to make that connection. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so then he's this huge red monster, these big massive claws, and uh, more than enough to kind of take on Lobo for a little bit here. Mm-hmm. But not for that long. I mean, yeah, Superman comes and Superman also gets beaten up gets beat by up the creature, uh, by by the preserver. Then Lobo's like, "Hey, hold on to something. I got an idea," and does kind of every space like. Like the way you defeat every giant space monster is you just open up the hangar door okay, and let, let the let, emptiness of space let me, take Let me see out. if I can think of the number of times I've seen this happen in a movie. So obviously there's Alien, mm-hmm. a, Alien 1. Aliens, does she? I no, don't I don't, No, because no, they're on so. the planet in Aliens. Uh, this is how Drax, or Bond disposed of Drax in Moonraker mm-hmm. in a little less badass fashion than Ripley does. Uh, it happens again in Alien Covenant. Um, they launch... The rock monster out of the ship in Galaxy Quest, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like there's more. I yeah, it's it's a very common trope. Yeah, crack open the airlock, send the beast off into the space. I love too that the uh, the preserver in his new form has these massive claws dug into the ground. He can't hold on, but yet somehow Superman, Superman using his fingertips, just his fingertips, just yeah. like slowly scratching along. And what I thought was interesting too was like what some stuff went out the like hatch, some didn't. So like Lobo and his bike get pulled out, but he's holding on with his chain. Mm-hmm. The monster goes. Superman's ship doesn't go, nor do the other ships that are docked in there. Right. Um, I don't know if that has to do with him being like inactive i don't know what did you like recognize some of the ships that they clearly had some influence mm-hmm. going on there i think i mean one of them was meant to look kind of like the enterprise but not quite oh nice um one of them looked kind of like the batwing actually like like a little bit it was kind of like a halfway between the batwing and like um one of the romulan ships from that generation okay like their big bird of prey yeah um i don't know again just kind of cool kind of cool little things mm-hmm uh, but Preserver flies out, and I love that they didn't even, like, resolve it after that. They just faded to the next scene. Yeah, he's dead in space, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Superman's probably fine. 
Oh, yeah. He just hops back in a ship and off he goes. Yeah. Actually, no, he would have taken the whole ship with him. Because we get a scene with Lobo back with um, Super Java, whatever his name is. Yeah. Emperor Spuge. Spuge. That I was not Great gonna, name. Thank you for coming up. I was not going to say that. Um, and, yeah, so, like, he's back in. Lobo's back in his good graces because he brought on the bounty and the other guy's, like, mopping up shit. And Lobo's, like, lounging around drinking. Yeah. But then I love this, too, because, you know, uh, Lobo says, oh, I guess the big lug had an idea of what to do with all the, the extra beasts. Mm-hmm. And he put them inside the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, it was cool. He has his own kind of alien museum. Yeah. Which made me think... Zoo. I, I, I feel like this episode was set before Stolen Memories, and they just released them in the reverse order. Because this shows him... It explains... No, I think it makes sense. Well, so for two reasons, I think this. One is the, the opening scene of the first episode. They're testing the rocket, and mm-hmm. Superman explains, like, oh, you have modified my ship that I came here in a baby, so now I can use it as an adult, as a, as a big grown boy. Um, he mentions to Professor Hamilton, like, oh, or Professor Hamilton mentions, like, oh, you haven't gone, like, deep into space yet, only just kind of around the planet. Whereas in the beginning of Soul Memories, he's coming back from hyperspace. And then also, in the end of Soul Memories, he, like, sets down the orb inside the already existing fortress. But in here is, like, the reveal of the fortress moment. Like, he goes underwater, he pops up, and he wanders the whole thing. Do they reveal the fortress? Because all I remember is he kind of sets it on a pedestal, and there's a polar bear there. Yeah, and then he flies out again. But in this episode, he actually, like, goes underwater, pops back out, and then we see the whole thing. We see the console. We see, like, the, the, the zoo he's got established. Like, this feels like the episode where it's introducing the fortress. I feel like these were... Air, out of order. Out of order. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, that I saw it as him putting the crystal with the polar bear was the start of it. Like that was kind of the foundation of everything. Okay. And then when he and you know he's had time to kind of clean out the caverns and op- uh, give space, and so then he brings in all of the aliens. Okay. See, I read it. So the it's other like way. an expansion. Yeah. I mean, both sides work. No. No. This is like there is no conflict. This is on this like podcast. race rods. <laughs> This is just like B-Tas, This is now, I, I am the, uh, what, the out-of-canonical-order insistent person. I think Paul Dini's right, and this is the correct order. Fuck you. All right. Uh, but we do have a lot of stuff to talk about mm-hmm. Lobo himself. I do want to ask this question before we jump into Lobo facts. How dare you? I know. I know. Just got just to keep the audience on the edge of their seats. Um, it's kind of a generic, open universe, any fictional character... Do you have a favorite bounty hunter slash assassin? They kind of go hand in hand. Oh, oh, oh that's. I, I listed a couple just in case you you G- needed yeah, a refresher. I, okay, give me give me some. Uh, some of the more famous bounty hunters that I could think of. You have Samus Aran from the Metroid series. Okay, I didn't know she was a bounty hunter. Never played a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deathstroke, pretty much bounty hunter. Assassin slash bounty hunter. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Django, Django Unchained. Yes, ooh. Good uh, Django and Boba from Star Wars, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, Jonah Hex. Bounty Hunter, oh, we've yeah. already seen. Yeah. Uh, Roa Noah Zoa. Sorry, Roa Noah Zoro. You won't know who that is. Nope. Anim- anime. Uh, uh, not going to know Dash. Uh, Man with no name. Wait, Dash? The Stampede from another anime from Trigun. Nope. Uh, Spike Spiegel, another anime. Just oh, a, my favorite. Uh, good one. It's from Cowboy Bebop. Like, okay, that, that's, okay. a, that's a more localized okay, anime. No, 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 no. And then my favorite. This one's my favorite because I just love his name. Uh, Crumbopulous Michael. From Rick and Morty. Oh. From, had, the, from the episode where they're trying to, where Morty's trying to save the, the cloud monster, voiced uh, by John Clements. I, wait, J- John, J- uh, Jermaine Clements? Jermaine Clements. I have only. No, his younger brother, John. John. Good old Johnny Clements. I have only watched all of Rick and Morty once in a few of the episodes again. Uh, I did finally watch the first episode of season three. Okay. It's fucking fantastic. It's so good. So I'm going to try and get through the rest of them. I need to go back and rewatch all of them, though, because like, I feel like they're now doing more kind of in-continuity stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Crombopulous Michael would be my favorite. Uh, probably followed by, um, say, Django. We'll get okay. I, I'm going to go with someone who did not put on that list. Okay. Good old uh, Francisco Scaramanga from The Man with the Golden Gun. Played, I, I, I assumed that I missed by Christopher all the James Lee, Bond. third nipple and all. Nice. Yes, I, I have to go with him because I love Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Man with the Golden Gun is by all means not a great Bond film, but there's a lot of stuff that I do enjoy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, not the least of which is that he like warns his prey ahead of time that he's going to kill them by sending them a golden bullet and then later shooting them with a golden bullet. That's awesome. I know, it's fantastic. It's Francisco Scaramanga, hands down. 
cool. Good. Yes. yes. Plus, he has knickknack. I love knickknack. <laughs> this means nothing to you. All the anime stuff you're throwing at me. This yeah, is my yeah. revenge. It, 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 we, we have our world. Stuff. We have our yeah. worlds, and sometimes they don't collide. We don't. We don't have all common interests. We don't all the time. What? I know. What? It'd be it'd be a very boring friendship if if, if it was oh, that way. That's absolutely true. Mm. Uh, so now, what no one in the audience has been waiting for, except for us. <laughs> Let's throw some Lobo facts around, Chris. All right. Uh, fact number one. His first appearance was Omega Men number three in June of 1983, created by Roger Slifer and Keith Giffen. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. What he is kind of the embodiment of, like, the 80s and 90s punk. He's the 80s. Okay. I, I feel like... I love it. I feel like... Oh, okay. Who's, who's more 90s, though? Cable or Asriel? Oh, Cable. Yeah, okay, I'll give you cable. Yeah. I mean, he's he's like a, just a wall of muscle. That's true. I mean, I mean, with a with a robotic eye and a metal oh, arm yeah. that is also muscle. And so many pouches. Yeah, just all of the pouches. I think he even has two belts. Oh, he has like yeah, he's multiple does he, belts. Does he do the anime thing with two belts? I think he does. It's like there's a version that does. Okay, yeah, because I feel like Lobo is the '80s incarnate. Yeah. In a character, so I was curious who you thought, but yeah, that, I think that's I think you're pretty much right on that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you got about him? Um, huh? huh? What you got? <laughs> uh, I loved this little fact. I think this might have been in his <laughs> most recent iteration. Uh, but the story goes, uh, Lobo was so evil when he was born that the nurse who delivered him was went insane and became the first mental patient on their planet of ten of the past ten millennia. And Lobo also bit off four of her fingers. Oh my god! I love that. It's so like that. That's the best way to introduce a character. That is like he's like worse than the spawn of Satan. That is, he's so bad that he. That is so ridiculous. The nurse that delivered him went insane. Okay, I just want to clarify. You are absolutely right. I did look up. I think this is Cable. His first one of his first appearances. If for How many belts nothing other than the shoulder pads. Oh my god! The those are beautiful shoulder pads. It's like every women's suit jacket, like, died and was reborn as this suit that he's wearing. It's so bad. Um, but Lobo, that's yeah, what we other, Any about. other facts? Uh, I read that the creators kind of based him off of a, um, like, a subversion of the sort of hero that, like, Wolverine the Punisher usually are. These kind of, like, gruff, um, deadly people that mm-hmm. are also kind of heroes. This is, like, the more extreme version of that, where he's, like, barely ever heroic and mostly just kind of a monster. Yeah, well, yeah when, he, when he first came out in the 80s, he was a villain. Yeah. And it, was, and he, it wasn't until the 90s when he became kind of this anti-hero. Yeah. Um, but that also kind of goes into my fact, where I just wanted to briefly touch on his superpowers. Cause oh, They're yeah. not talked about very often. Yeah, I, I kind of skipped over that section. So uh, he has super str- his, his main two is he has super strength, and in the same form as Wolverine, he has rapid... Uh, regeneration mm-hmm. to the level that he can completely regenerate himself from a single cell. Oh, I did read something about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. And then obviously his deep personal code of honor. Yeah. Uh, uh, you had uh, his method of killing his planet on there, right? You wrote that down. The the scorpions. Yes. Uh, you 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 go for it. I didn't write it. I didn't write that one down. Okay. Yeah. He killed off his entire planet by unleashing a violent plague of flying scorpions. It's As a, his science, that was that was his that was his science experiment. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he wanted to give himself an A. Yes, and then he did. After, yeah, yeah. After he killed everyone, he gave. All right, I get an A. That's amazing. Uh, I was reading like through some of his uh, different stories. He had like a, a range of miniseries that all kind of like pulled from various like topics and did specific things. Do you mm-hmm. have? Did you write these down? Uh, no. Hold on. Can I can I go over his planet really quick? Because that, that was that's my last fact. Um. Uh, so, it, it better be. This is kind of my section. I know it is. is. I know it is, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm creeping in. This is where I try to uh, shine. So Lobo's planet was known for being kind of a paradise planet that had never seen war. Okay. And had never known evil. And so when Lobo was, when, when he was young, he realized that he was kind of the only one of his kind. Aww. And kind of like fed off. Oh, no, it wasn't like a sad thing. He like oh, fed okay. off of that. Never that, mind. And that's why he blew up his planet. <laughs> oh. Oh, they're also, they were also before that, they were immortal beings. What? Yeah. What? Apparently. Oh, okay. Well, he fixed that real fast. Yep. Was there one weakness, scorpions? <laughs> Only the flying Only kind. Only the flying <laughs> They would do perfectly fine out here. Yeah. Uh, but no, no go, go into his, so he, some of the stories. He had, um, I, I don't, they didn't go to detail, but uh, it listed like kind of um, specific parodies that he did at some point. So he, at one point he was Lobocop, an obvious Robocop parody. Uh, there was Blazing Chain of Love, where he worked in a harem. 
There was the paramilitary Christmas special where he's contracted by the Easter Bunny to assassinate Santa Claus, which he succeeds in doing. Uh, and then there was one called Infanticide where he kills his daughter and all of his other offspring because I guess she tried to gather them up together to try and kill him. There was Honestly, the, he sounds like a South Park character. He basically does. Yeah. yeah he's just like Randy in the most extreme version. Um, and then there was the convention special, which was him making fun of comic book conventions. And then there was the Un-American Gladiators, in which he takes part in a televised game show very similar to American Gladiators. Also, he's really protective of space dolphins. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. I'm glad he stands for something. And apparently, that's why he, like, respects Aquaman, because Aquaman also protects <laughs> dolphins. He's, like, the only person that, Aqu- or that uh, Lobo respects is Aquaman. That's amazing. Uh, does he come back in the series at all? He... I don't I he think, comes back in Justice League. I think he comes back... Yeah, he had at least one other um, episode in Superman specifically. Okay. And then he'll come back again in Justice League. Yeah, there's one with, um, like, Maxima. Okay. Warrior Queen. I think it's kind of later on. Yeah, and he's in Justice League. And, I, again, you were the bigger Young Justice fan. I've only watched it once, but he is in an episode of Young Justice, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, the first episode of season two, he's okay. there because he... Uh, he kind of is the first one to let them know that the Corolteans are on Earth. They're, they're the, the tiny Oh, aliens. the little, okay. That's yeah, right. because everyone is freaked out because he, like, goes and attacks the Chinese ambassador. Oh, and he, I like, punches a hole through his chest, and then you find out that the ambassador is just a robot. I kind of remember this now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really proud of myself for pulling Corolteans out. That's I was actually not really expecting good. myself to remember that. Yeah, I, I, I had to look up the... Um, Tamaranians, which is Starfire really? species. I had to look that up because I forgot. Tamaran? I, we didn't, oh, even, we didn't even bring it up word. earlier in news. Starfire's from Tamaran. So, okay, huh, that's there good. Go. I mean, I was too busy thinking about... Who lives on Tamaran, Chris? The Tamaranians. There you go. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I get it now. Uh, anything else to talk about with Lobo, or should we just move our way on to uh, the bat plugs here? Uh, there, there was one line of the episode that we, we kind of breezed over, and you, you briefly bought, brought it up that with all of these aliens, they love to make fake curse words yes uh but the one that they snuck in which i loved is when superman's about to leave him um i wrote it down because i really liked it uh he says i'm gonna kick your big red s of, i'm gonna kick that big red s of yours across the galaxy that was pretty good it's like nice just, way to go just, way to go Dini. oh let's be fair he made that joke once already with lois when they're looking at the first photo of superman it's like oh nice s oh that's true i forgot about that i oh, know see he's rehashing material come on Dini. oh man Come on, you can do better. Step it up. Yeah. We expect higher quality from you. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts? That, that's all I got. All right. Uh, what are you plugging? What are you, what are you doing? What am days? I plugging? What have you been watching? Not much. We, we, we have our, our I was going to ask you what you've been reading, but you haven't. Ha. Ha. Um, I, I did just get a book. I haven't what opened book? it yet. Um, what was it called? I don't remember. It's, I got a cool, it's got a cool cover and cool artwork. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's buy. why I can't remember the name of the title. You didn't read the title. You just saw the picture. <laughs> and you're like, ooh. It, 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 it came recommended to me, so that's why I have it. Okay. Well, maybe uh, next week. I'll, I'll let you know what it is and sure. how it is next week. All right. But what have I been watching? I watched the, the horrible, horrible uh, Death Note Netflix movie. Not good. Uh, yeah, not great. All right. Well, I'll skip it. I wasn't not good at all. I wasn't going to watch it. Did you... Read the manga or watch the anime? I, I'm currently re-watching the anime right now. Okay. Because so I, I realized I never finished it as a, as a youngin. Okay. It's good. It's a, it's a great anime. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool kind of like battle of wits kind of show. And it's, right. it's, not what I was exp- it's not what I remembered it being. So it was, it was cool to come back to that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, re- I recommend the show. Absolutely. Not the movie. Okay. Where, where have you been watching that? Is it- uh, both on Netflix. Okay, okay, so Netflix too. So I mm-hmm. I'll plug that one. There you go. Instead of the new one. Yeah. Even though it's got it, Willem Dafoe in it. It does have Willem Dafoe. And I'm really sad that he's the only CGI character in it. I know, because he's, he's just so weird on his own. He I just, know. Yeah. He uh, just, just be. Yeah. And it's, I, right now what I love about the movie is all of the hate on the internet for it. And it's just so wonderful when you see everyone come together for... Just to, for, hate, just to hate something? Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I feel like we've talked about this before, probably with, um, with Ghost in the Shell, but it still baffles me to this day that you would take something that has a really strong existing fan base and do something that would obviously piss them off and make none of them want to watch your thing. Yeah. Like, the best thing you can do is get in the people who want to see it from the start and then hopefully they say, oh, no, it's good. Maybe other people will enjoy it too and they'll, like, spread the word. And Right. Yeah, because that's the same thing that happened with the oh God, the last Airbender movie. Kinda, yeah. it kind of chokes me up every time I talk about it. Oh. Um, Mike and Brian, the creators of Avatar, were kicked off the set 
because they because they were trying to change what uh, the evil man did to that movie to that franchise. Nope, the evil man. Okay. Uh, and there there are stories from uh, Deep Bradley Baker. The vo- he does all of the kind of animal voices from the Last Airbender TV show, and he was also uh, Appa in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was talking about how he was kind of the middleman between the two. And since he was at, since he worked on the franchise or on the movie, he couldn't really be kicked off of set. Yeah. So he was trying to push Mike and Brian's take on the movie to to the evil man. Yeah, and it didn't I, it's work. it's funny because it it's proven consistently not to work, and yet people still keep yeah. doing it. So there's also know, oh that's, that's that's something I want to plug. I think this was a Nerdist video. Uh, I think Dan Casey made a really interesting video about I think it was him um, why video game movies don't work oh. and what's wrong with that right now. And I think I've asked this question before. Do you know what the highest rated uh, video game based movie is on Rotten Tomatoes. Angry Birds. It is forty six percent. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Um, I, I I yeah. Yeah. It, it was in, I I, won't, I don't remember exactly what he said. I just remember it was a really cool idea of why they're not working. Okay. It's basically the kind of the concept of with comic books they translate well because you're still on the outside when you're reading comic books. Mm-hmm. With video games you're part of it. So it's oh, that's it's basically when you watch a movie it's basically like basically just watching your friend play the game. Oh, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Although I, I mean, I, well, I watched them when I was a kid. I had a soft spot for like Tomb Raider movies. I thought those were fun. Yeah. But and I mean, like, the Resident Evil movies, there's six or seven six of them of now. Them, yeah. So, like, it, obviously, they're doing something okay. Yeah. I mean, those movies do actually decently well. Yeah. So. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's, those are the two things I'll plug. What are you watching, listening, reading uh, to? I, very little. Uh... But I am going to plug something you sent me, and I for, totally forgot to watch until recently and respond to, which was the uh, the Channel Frederator Then versus Now about oh, yeah. Batman animated series. Oh, yeah. so cool. It's cool. And, you know, they, they talk a lot about, obviously, uh, you know, BTOS and the whole DCAU. BTOS. Right. Uh, but they also spent a lot of time talking about The Batman. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about this was that it defended that show. Because I watched it again relatively recently, and I, I think the two... First two seasons are really good. I, I just started getting back into that. Yeah, well, by, by the time they did, and they talked about why Robin wasn't in it because they were holding on to Robin because of Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. So that's why they did Batgirl first. And although, in this video, even points this out, they do a cool dynamic with that of like Batgirl being the first hero, but then Robin's like the more closely tied in sidekick and some fun stuff right there. It was also that point too that they did like a just a general tonal shift and like the intro became instead of this like kind of cool dark creepy thing, it became this like homage to the '60s with the bow wow sort of thing. And um, it definitely kind of tapered off from there, and I don't think it ever like, continued to be good. But the first two were actually really good, and so I, I like that he talked about kind of the different iterations, and that, you know, obviously, this is the one that lasts, and is far more timeless than The Batman, which is very up mm-hmm. its time. Yeah, he also goes into Beyond and Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, those, yeah. Those are the two kind of big comparisons were between Betoss and, and The Batman. Yeah, and I actually, I still haven't watched The Brave and the Bold. I really need to, because the, the more I hear about it, you've always spoken very highly of it, and the more I like read about it and seen it, it seems like it's really cool. Mm-hmm. So I gotta It's get... such a unique take. Yeah, so I gotta get in on that at some point. But yeah, that's it's a cool video, so go check that out. I mean, yeah. one, one presumes you're a fan of that show, so... Yeah. Listen to this it, garbage, yeah. so... Uh, but yeah, I think that basically does it for us this week. I think so. Yeah, a, a comparatively short episode. Yeah, which is good for everybody. Where uh, where, where where can we find our podcast, Chris? It's uh, at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook and Instagram really? and Twitter. Yes, you don't I, say. I know. I fi- I finally got Cameron logged into the Instagram <laughs> on his phone. He's not going to do anything with it. Still. Probably not. No. I'll, I'll post something someday. You know, it's not like it's your job or anything. Nope. It's not <laughs> so, like I do Instagram for a living. I know. And you're probably way better at it than I am. Nope. Not at all. It's fine. I posted a nice little bit about Nightwing's butt today. I saw. Unbeknownst of the, the news that was coming in. I did that before oh, that came yeah. in. Yeah. I just, Good for you. By pure happenstance. I, get, I like planned out those posts a long time ago. So, uh, But yeah, that's where you can find us. I am at Lordifer on pretty much all those same platforms. Nice. I'm, uh, you can find my artwork at Cameron.Dexter You're on back on the Disney stuff. You're doing I'm, the, I'm back in my, my yeah, Disney the fairy tale lands. So are, are you doing uh, like, oh, like books for all of them? For all no, the fairy tale the, uh, So the past two posts that I made were kind of rejected animations on the, the storybook canal post, which I'll hopefully post this weekend at some point. Okay. Um, it was just getting really long, and I, I wanted to, to cut okay. those two. Uh, but no, I, I've been doing these kind of cool storybook things, and I, I really enjoyed them, so I might kind of 
do a couple more of those because they're they're kind of fun. Yeah, I like those. I like mm-hmm. them a lot. Uh, and you can find my my pretty face on uh, Cam Dexter underscore Adventures. Yeah, my my personal account. Yeah, I'll be posting a lot of photos from, or I guess when this episode comes out, there will be a lot of photos from the Disney run. Which I'm gonna be really sad and sore from. Oh, that's right. That's this upcoming weekend. It is. Oh yeah. Guess who's not ready? This guy. That guy. Also, this guy. I'm not doing it, so I'm not ready either. Hey, there you so go. hey, we're both not ready. But you actually have to do it. I actually have to run. Yeah, yeah. I'll be floating down a river instead. Sounds so just as exciting. Best of luck to you. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for this week. Yeah, we, we got we got two more episodes. We, next um, week. the the last two episodes of season one. Really? That was yeah. Really it's fast. only a 13 episode season. Huh. I know. Real short. So, and then uh, pretty soon we'll start to get the Batman Superman team ups. Ooh. Very excited for that. So much to talk about. I, I wonder how long it'll take before we go into uh, uh, Batman versus Superman. That one. Colon Dawn of Justice. Yes. We will do our best to not talk about it. And we'll feel miserably. But until <laughs> then, thanks everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.